This is Kevin O'Leary, AKA Mr. Wonderful. And you're listening to Five Questions with Dan Chabel. You're listening to the Five Questions podcast and I'm your host, Dan Chabel. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is Shark Tank and Money Court star, Kevin O'Leary. Kevin has been an investor on ABC Shark Tank for 12 seasons and is the host of the new CNBC show, Money Court. He made his fortune by founding SoftKey Software Products, which he sold to Mattel. Kevin is the chairman of O'Shares Investment Advisors and Beanstalk. We talk about his new show and investing advice during this podcast episode. Kevin, welcome to Five Questions. Great to be back. What financial advice did you receive from your mother growing up that's influenced your investment decisions today? She told me, always save 10% of everything you bring in, whether it's a gift from your grandmother, whether you make it at the ice cream store, whether you're cutting a lawn. This is really early advice, but it's stuck in my head. It was all about saving each week and everybody can do it. I've been saying this now, it's a mantra of mine. Everybody can save every week because there's a, so much crap you buy you don't need. And if you put that money into the market, which generally is giving six to 8% a year for the last hundred years, you end up quite wealthy when you retire. It's the secret to success. And you would say that any crisis should reinforce that advice. Pandemic, recessions, anything that happens should say, oh, wow, I should have saved more. You know, even now more than ever. But the point is, in a digital economy that we find ourselves, there's so much stuff that's pitched at you all day long that you don't need. Remember that every time you're about to buy something, say to yourself, I'm killing this money. Is this thing I'm going to buy, these pair of shoes, these pants, this T-shirt, this whatever, this $4 cup of coffee, why isn't it in the market making money for me for the rest of my life? That's the best way to look at it. In an opportunity cost, you could reallocate that money to invest and to make more money to buy more lattes in the future. And why is having a money dispute the worst thing that could happen to a business? And what's the first step to solving it? Because we all know money is people's biggest stressor. You know, money impacts marriage and happiness and and just about everything. Yeah, money disputes are difficult because it brings the element of emotion into what should be a very pragmatic, disciplined view of the world. Investing and money and the way you should look at it should be done on a basis that doesn't have a lot of emotion tied to it, but that's not what happens. Money disputes primarily are around people that have a different view and can't compromise. And that ends up being litigation down the road. It's actually the basis of my new show, Money Court. And we've got some incredible cases that'll really, really drag emotion out of you watching them when you realize these people are not being pragmatic. They're not being disciplined. They're letting their emotions tear their relationship to pieces, even if they're siblings, even in families. It really makes no sense. When you think about how important money is in your life down the road, particularly when you retire, you don't want to get in a dispute where you lose it because you let emotions overtake reality. It's such a good point. And you've obviously worked with so many entrepreneurs in so many different settings and so many different businesses at this point. So you can kind of notice these family dynamics, these emotions that come into play and call them out immediately. You know, even on Shark Tank, you go right in and you say, hey, like, tell me what your numbers are. Numbers have no emotions. So you really cut to the chase and that saves people time and, and educates the audience of how important it is to know your numbers and to be actually making money. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing my mother told me years ago. She said, always tell the truth and you'll never have to remember what you said. It's actually very, very good advice, although it's incredibly hard to do because people don't want the truth. They want to be lied to. I've used it successfully now for a long time. They call me the mean shark. It's not true. I'm the truthful shark. I'm the one that tells you the truth. The mean shark and Mr. Wonderful. What lessons 
lessons did you learn as a Shark Tank investor that have helped you solve disputes between business owners? The best way to sum it up is one of the litigants that agreed by contract to let me settle their case. Remember, this is real litigation. This is real money. These are real disputes. And in, in, in agreeing to let me be, you know, an arbitrator for them, they said, you know, I don't really like Mr. Wonderful, but I trust him. And I think that was probably the most important thing I heard when we started the show, because I would rather be trusted than win a popularity contest. I have to be honest with you. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, even, you know, on Shark Tank and, you know, your entire media presence, you are straightforward with everyone. And I think that's what draws people to you as a personality and a, and a human being. And people like that and trust that. And people need a third party to validate and verify and hold people accountable. Whereas if you have just two people in a dispute, they're just going to argue their own sides. You need a moderator in the middle. And you're a really busy guy these days. Managing your schedule must be pretty tough because you, know, you have not only the different shows, you're advising startups, you're running a fund, but you also make time for your different hobbies like collecting watches, photography, wine and guitar. How do you manage doing all of these various different things personally and professionally? I've always believed that to be successful in business, you have to embrace the chaos of art and you have to find some balance in your life. It's almost a yin and yang kind of idea. And definitely watch collecting has become a huge driver for me because I, I, I really enjoy it as an asset class and I do a lot of work in it. And I know many collectors around the world. And in fact, taking that passion, I'm going to be moving into the NFT space. It's going to be very hard to compete with me in watch NFTs. You can be some random tech guy writing code, but you don't have my watch collection. I love that. I just got my first NFT today, actually. And I think it's good, you know, because you're kind of investing in the future as well. And you're taking things that you learned in the physical world and now using that knowledge in the digital world. And everyone, you know, especially after the past year, people have been pretty burned out. So they're, everyone's contemplating what else to do or what else they could spend their time on. And what's your best piece of career advice? My best career advice is basically to have balance. You'll be much more successful if you find a way in your life to have balance. To say to yourself, look, I know I have to focus on my business or my investment or whatever it is is your main driver for your life and how you sustain yourself and how you have a career. But if that's all you do, you won't be a balanced person and you'll have a lot of struggle in how you actually live your life. And the other thing I've learned, and this is probably just from experience, is you have to take care of yourself. And I mean, on a health basis, focus on what you eat, you know, how much you drink, don't get involved in drugs. It's easy to say that, but people get caught up in this stuff and that can really be a huge detriment to you. I, I focus a lot on my health and my ability to stay healthy because we've just gone through this pandemic, which made everybody think about this. If you're healthy and you're energetic and you have balance in your life, you can live a long time. Great advice again from my mother. She really, really focused on that and, and you know, taught me about food and exercise and focus. And it's funny how you go back later in life and think I should have listened more to what she was saying because she's been 100% right. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Kevin. To follow his journey, you can watch Money Court on CNBC and find him on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter where he shares his appearances, hobbies, travels, and inspirational quotes. To watch the full extended video version of this episode, go to youtube.com slash Dan and please remember to rate and review the 5 Questions podcast on iTunes. 